The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. My name is Sean Coomer, the editor-in-chief of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and MTM Managing Editor Mark Osterman. This week on the show, we are discussing the awesome MTM meetup we just had in Las Vegas, the beauty of status matches, and how I currently have status with the big three that I didn't earn, Vegas resort fees in 2020, and more. As a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google, or any podcast app that you choose. You can find all of the links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. And if you have been enjoying the show, consider telling a friend and leaving us a review. Great reviews help us reach more people, and we love hearing your wonderful feedback. Now let's talk a little bit about Vegas. Yeah, I had a good time. I thought it went really well. Uh, we had some good uh, presentations, I felt like, and everybody was uh, pretty interactive with it, and people shared their own tips at the end, and there was one really good one that I guess we probably shouldn't say on the air, right? We should keep it a secret. But Always, <laughs> a real yeah. tease there. That's a real tease. <laughs> yeah. Come to the next one. <laughs> yeah, come to the next one. Uh, she won a $50 uh, Amazon gift card because it was the best tip. Wait, time out. How did you guys uh, agree it was the best tip? You had people in the room vote or... Yeah, every, uh, we had everybody raise a hand. So, like, there was probably 10 tips shared, and then we kind of narrowed it down to the top three, and then we had everybody raise their hands for votes, and she won kind of going away. So it was, a, it was a pretty good tip. You should have been there, Joe. You would have known what we're talking about. I know. The FOMO is real. It should be. <laughs> and for those uh, people who are kind of lost here, uh, we had our uh, MTM Reader Appreciation event this past Saturday here in Las Vegas. So we did a few hours of presentations and informal get together afterwards. And it was just a lot of fun to meet people and get to talk miles and points and get the whole MTM team together. Um, We definitely missed Joe, even though he didn't want to come and join us, but we got Bethany from Bougie Miles. We even got DDG, Danny the Deal Guru came out. So first time I got to meet him in person. It was awesome. It was a great time. And uh, hopefully we're going to do more. Mark, we just released tickets, right? A link for tickets. We're going to have an event in February that we're co-hosting with Award Travel 101, Bougie Miles, and Travel on Points. you have more details on that? Want to give people a quick rundown of what that is? Yeah. So uh, February 8th, we're all going to meet up at a brewery in New Orleans for a few hours. Tickets are on sale on Friday. Uh, so this gets released on Thursday. So the next day you can buy them. They're $10 a piece. And that's just basically so we can cover the minimum we have to spend for the room. And uh, we're going to buy some gift cards and give those away and everything. So we have some door prizes for everybody. The first 50 people that sign up, when you buy your ticket, you also get a free drink, which is worth like $7. So basically... It doesn't really cost you anything to get in. So buy the tickets early. And then uh, that weekend is also the first weekend of the Mardi Gras parade. So it's a good time to to see them without the craziness of the full-blown Mardi Gras week or weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have like three, four, five hours, something like that, where we just mingle, get to get to know each other. A lot of mile, mile and points gurus there, I guess you could say. So if you have any questions, you can bring them up. And then we'll probably walk down the street and go check out some of the parades and uh, maybe put something together on Sunday if anybody's staying uh, until Monday like I am. So we'll figure all that out as it gets a little bit closer. But 
the main event will be live on Friday. Are you going to be there, Joe? No. Sorry. No, not that one either, huh? One of these days we'll get you to Joe. It's pretty tough to get to New Orleans from Boston. I, I don't know. It's still tough to get away. The kids are still too young. And I realized, I was, I was thinking later, Mark, that uh, you know you did the smart thing because you went home full time. And so that means on weekends, you can get away whenever you want and be like, oh, I'm taking care of the family full time. But since I'm only part time working and part time doing stuff at home, it's not enough. It's not enough pull to get all those weekends away yet. So I got to work on that. Yeah, that it does work out nicely that, you know, you see the family a lot during the week. So if you do go uh, for these type of events and stuff on the weekend, it's not you're not missing out on as much because I'm seeing them all day or, you know, picking them up from school, taking them to school sometimes. So I get a lot of that interaction already. Yeah, I do have breaking news, though, guys. All right. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. So I told you, Mark, that, you know, you were a genius uh, sarcastically because you were like, oh, you should book trips for your wife. You know, you should get her massages, things like that. And remember how I told you, like, I try to book trips for her and she always turns me down. Yeah. And then she listened to the podcast and and demanded it. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I hope so. She 100 percent did not listen to the podcast. (laughs) In fact, she's still she's she's like. Wait, uh, Tuesday night you have a podcast again? I'm like, yeah, it's been like 14 weeks in a row. She's like, who is this with? And I'm like, just forget it. So I'm hurt. Nice. She definitely does not listen to the podcast. However, the story is actually, I got some really cheap JetBlue fares to Orlando. Uh, I'm a mosaic. And so, you know, I just booked the flight speculatively. And I was like, hey, do you want to go to Epcot's Food and Wine Festival with me? And she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, oh, shoot. So then I was all completely swinging a miss. (laughs) Definitely swinging a miss there. But then I was like, you know, her sister just had uh, her second kid, you know, within the last year. And I know her sister's been stressed. And of course, my wife's always stressed, but she won't take the time off. And I was like, hey, well, you know, you can still use the ticket. And why don't like I book your sister to go down too? she thought about it. And this was like a couple weeks ago. And finally, her and her sister agreed that they're going to go. So they're going to go to Orlando, putting them up at the her, her sister ended up um, getting her own plane tickets, but I'm putting them up at the Wall of Astoria, Orlando, and I think they are now Ooh, starting. Bougie. To, uh, yeah, very bougie. Uh, I got a little, not tip, but a little pointer on that too. You know, I think they are going to go to Epcot Food and Wine, so she's pretty much taking the plan that I had for us and uh, taking her sister, who apparently she likes better, but I'm happy for both of them. That's what I was gaining from all this, that she really just doesn't want to go anywhere with you. <laughs> You no, know, she does. She actually likes Disney, just not Disney with yeah, you. Yeah, she just hates going Apparently. to Disney with you. Apparently, <laughs> you uh, wear too much uh, Mickey stuff, I guess. Yeah, I actually don't. I only own one Mickey shirt. But the reality is, they were not planning to go. But then her sister was like, "I haven't been since we were kids." Um, and then food and wine seems adult enough, so they decided to check that out because they were like, "Oh, we can either spend two hundred dollars on massages at." the Waldorf Astoria, or we can spend like $140 to check out food and wine. So I think when they're done eating, though, they're going to end up spending $200, but you know, whatever they want. Um, It's their weekend. That's when the Aspire credit comes in. Boom. (laughs) Yeah, boom. A couple things. Number one, all right, just remember when I said that (laughs) my wife wants to spend quality time with me but then she realizes it's just not all that it's cracked up to be so yeah like obviously why she's going with her sister not me <laughs> so, if your sister was around to do dishes with she'd she'd choose your sister for sure yeah, or her sister yeah, yeah for sure uh secondly i wanted to book them on a fine hotel and resorts rate uh with my american express platinum but 
I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, she could probably talk her way into it being okay if I book things under my name, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like supposed to be her weekend to relax. And I know she's just not going to want to deal with that kind of stuff at the front desk, even if it goes completely smoothly, like she's just not going to deal with it. So I was asking around and I think Bob Dwyer gave me the idea. He's like, well, you should just book Virtuoso and pretty much have all the same benefits as fine hotels and resorts. And then I asked Twitter, I was like, because I was looking for virtuoso agents, but this was like Saturday night and I already had a booking, which was going to become non-refundable on Sunday. So I needed to get this done immediately. And I emailed a bunch of agents, but no one got back to me. And so I put it out to Twitter. And then Becky Pecora from sitedoing.net was like, oh, check out classictravel.com. Um, and so I did. And they could book the virtuoso rate, which means you know they can get early check-in, late check-out possibly an upgrade. I doubt it. But the $100 hotel resort credit, which is, you know, essentially the same exact thing final hotels and resorts would do. And so I booked them on that. So I was pretty happy with that. I don't know if you guys have ever used Virtuoso before. I know. I think you guys use fine hotels and resorts. Yeah, I've uh, used both final hotel resorts and Chase's version. I haven't used Virtuoso, but um, yeah, it seems like uh, you should get pretty much the same benefit. I've checked out that uh, property on YouTube, actually, because we were looking at it maybe uh, for like to get away from the kids one night when my parents were with us and booking that. And it looks like it has a really nice steakhouse, like a really cool steakhouse and beautiful property. So they're going to have a good time. See, now now you can uh, book like two trips for yourself. That's how it works. Uh, (laughs) No comment, no comment. (laughs) Definitely have some machinations in the works. Um, One last thing is, (laughs) I don't think this should count, but what I did was I actually ordered her an authorized user Hilton Aspire on my account so that, you know, she can get like the 14 X when she checks out there, because again, like I didn't want to give her friction. So I was going to book the whole thing in my name and then just have her use my Aspire card. But I'm like, you know what? It's not worth the extra, I don't know, 10, 15,000 points to like stress her out. So, you know, I got her that AU card. And like we talked about last week, she only gets one card per year. So I'm not worried about 524. I actually was going to use her one card per year to apply for the Hilton Aspire card, but she got the pop-up. Um, I think we talked about that, but, you know, she I think she got the pop-up because like Mark, you've said, you know, if you don't spend enough on your Amex cards, you get the pop-up. So she was not going to get the bonus. So I was like, well, I'm not going to get her that Aspire card for herself without the bonus. So I got her the AU card. And so I'm hopefully going to pick up the Hilton points doing that. And that doesn't count as that one card for the year. So I still have that slot ready. There you go. I love it when a plan comes together. We'll see. Uh, if they hate it, then uh, it's all going to be on me. So so speaking of uh, of Disney, before we move on, today is we're recording this on Tuesday when Disney Plus launched. And Joe, I just wanted to know what you uh, what you watched first on uh, Disney Plus, as since I know you stayed up all night doing it. Yeah, so I was actually up until 1 a.m. finishing HBO's Watchmen, which is also very good. And then I was like, oh, let's see if this Disney Plus app came out yet and it did and because it was 1 a.m it wasn't slammed with all the server issues that it's been getting for the rest of today shocker their it was not ready for it um but at 1 a.m i started watching the mandalorian i had to go to bed at 1 30 i was too tired finished it later but uh, it was really good um and then i showed my kids some of the original aladdin because they haven't seen that one and then i watched the uh Chippendales Rescue Rangers, just the intro to listen to the theme song, because I loved that when I was a kid. What'd you watch, Sean? Uh, coincidentally, I almost pulled up Darkwing Duck this morning just to listen to the theme song, but I didn't get around to it. Well, I my I was, wife was like, why are you watching Rescue Rangers? Should we watch Darkwing Duck? We Darkwing are going Duck? full nerd right now, just so you guys know. Like, half the people have turned this off. <laughs> Did you not watch cartoons like in the uh, like the 80s growing up? 
but uh, I actually watched the Three Caballeros, which is my one of my favorite cartoons of all Never time. Never heard of that. It's a classic Disney cartoon from 1945. And, oh, uh, it's probably black and blood. white. Who wants to watch that? It's not in black and white. <laughs> oh, my God, Mark. You just make yourself look so bad every single week. No, week no, after week you, after week. You see you. I mean, you just you just yeah, make yourself by not look watching bad. 1945 car- exactly. cartoons. I look terrible. Exactly. That's exactly how this went down. I, and you don't yeah, have this. Yeah, you're the weird one. You're the weird one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Finally, one of these days he'll figure it out. All right, we should move on. I uh, successfully created a 12 minute tangent, so you know I think my work here is done. <laughs> for the episode. So. That's it for the day. No more. Yeah, I got no more. All right, well, let's uh, yeah move on and talk status matches. Uh, I wrote on the site just, uh, I think, yesterday it went live. Um, right now, I actually happen to have elite status with American Airlines, United Airlines, and Delta, and I didn't earn any of it. These opportunities seem to be uh, less rare than you would actually think. This happens, you know, it seems like I always have one airline status or another through a match, through a promotion, something like that. So I thought maybe it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about so our, our strategy with status matches and some of the best deals we've kind of scored because of them. Do either one of you guys currently have any status that you got through a match or a promotion or something like that? I currently have the AA um, Platinum, is it, status? And it actually did end up coming in handy because I booked some flights and didn't have to deal with the close-in fee. But other than that, I haven't really used that at all. Yeah, same for me. I have a gold status, which actually has come in handy a couple times uh, for the close-in booking fee for Vegas this past weekend. And then I've been getting uh, main cabin extra seats pretty much on every flight. I just check them when I 24 hours out when I uh, check in for the flight. It helped me when I was coming back from... I think it was DC. I, I ended up uh, getting to a connection airport and I saw a flight that was boarding going to Detroit. That was like an hour before mine. I just walked up to the gate like three minutes before bo- boarding closed and said, hey, is there room? Can I hop on this flight? And they said, well, you have to have status. I said, well, I got gold status. They're like, all right, go on. So I walked right on. They printed a ticket within a couple of minutes. So that, that almost made me want to try for status going forward. So that one and then Caesars, which I've talked about a lot. I have Caesars Diamond through status matches, which gets me dinner, free dinners, cuts the lines, free show tickets, which I gave to uh Danny, the deal guru this weekend, so he could take his wife to a show since I wasn't going to use it. Various other things, no resort fees, everything. So that's a really good one that everybody should do. Yeah, I think uh, status matches are something that as people start to get involved in this sort of hobby, they start to really uh, realize the potential of them. How I got my three statuses, and I wrote about it in more detail on the site, is the American Airlines status. I got platinum status because of Hyatt Globalist. When they uh, had their partner, when they announced their partnership, they gave a match there. United, I actually got a match through Founders Card membership to their gold status. Um, basically, again, no requirements, just sign up. And that gave me three months of gold status. And then because I had been, uh, because I had those statuses, I was actually flying. So I, I kind of shifted my flying to AA and United, which I was able to get extra legroom seats. Uh, like you said, same day change, waive certain fees, things like that. And then because I had some activity on United, I was able to then take that United status and match it to Delta to get Delta Platinum. And I'll use that for upgrades and everything for a lot of my Delta vacations deals that I booked to Orlando and uh, hopefully to Hawaii next year. Yeah, that's pretty cool how it kind of all worked together and I'm able to parlay one to the next one. Uh, Have you ever done that? Have you guys ever matched uh, a status? Well, I know you did it with Caesars, but uh, have you guys ever matched a status and then used that to keep matching other statuses and keep kind of the chain going? 
I've definitely done that chain with hotels and I think I do it like every few years and it goes uh, pretty well. And I've done it with airlines a little bit. So, you know, one thing is uh, my dad did a lot of work in Asia when we were growing up and we were, you know, based out of New Jersey. So we're based out of Newark. So he flew a ton of continental. Long story short, he is, I can't remember how many miles, but he is like lifetime status with United. And through that, he can gift gold status to, you know, someone. And so he has, you know, gifted gold status to me. Actually, my sister and I alternate, but when I've had gold status from him, then I've used that to match other statuses before. Um, I haven't done it as much recently just because I know that like with a lot of these status matches, you know, once you do it once, you're kind of like on timeout for a few years. Like you, I don't want to like match status until I know that I'm going to be like doing a lot of flights or booking a lot of flights. For example, like I would love to have Delta Platinum. You know, I know Mark just posted that Delta has 98,000 Sky Miles round trip Delta one seats to Europe. I'm not sure if that's going to still be around when this podcast comes out. But, you know, when stuff like that happens, like I would love to book that. And then with Delta Platinum status, which is not even their highest tier status, you get like free changes on your awards. So that's kind of what I value most about status, even beyond the upgrades, just getting the chance to tinker with reservations a lot. But, you know, I'm not going to do that until I know we're going to be like flying a lot in one year. Like right now, we're still just like one or two big trips and a couple of short domestic trips. Like that's not worth it to me. So I'm going to hold off for a little while. But what about you, Mark? Have you done the status merry-go-round before? Uh, not too much. I, I did uh, like when I got gold, because, you know, American just sends out that random where they just target some people and give them status to try for three months. I just yeah, I never I, get that. Yeah, I got, my wife got it. She got it for platinum and I got it for gold. I don't know why she got a better one. She flies less, but whatever. So I got it for gold once and I was like, well, I'm never going to have stats again. This was before the the Hyatt status match thing came out between American. So I just matched it to Delta Silver which is pretty much worthless, but I just did it to do it because I was like, I'm, I'll probably never have this chance again. I don't pay, pay enough for flights to ever even really come close, but now I'm looking at uh, Delta status and because of the uh, flights to Hawaii for the Arby's thing and everything, I'm I'm only a few, like 5,000 MQMs away after I hit my spend on my new credit card bonus, but it's still not worth it for silver status, but I actually came somewhat close this year. I was a little proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the nice thing about Delta, I mean, this I think there's a lot of nice things about Delta status. Um, and, you know, if you had hit silver, you would have like that rollover. So, you know, I've played around with the idea of like flip-flopping between platinum and the level below that, which I think is gold like year to year. But I got to wait till we're flying more for it. But, you know, with the, I think we talked about it in a previous episode with the Amex credit card spends, you know, you can get a lot closer to Delta status. And spending towards status is kind of much more in line with the way I want to go. Like that's how I have JetBlue Mosaic status, um, which I always find super useful. Um, oh yeah, I didn't add like, like I had said, I booked the flights for myself and my wife. Well, since I'm Mosaic, I can cancel my flight, but my wife will still be able to go. And, you know, that's no cost to me. And so, you know, I love using Mosaic for stuff like that. Yeah. And one other thing to keep in mind, if you're looking at the sort of topic of status matches, is that a lot of airlines and a lot of loyalty programs have them. They all have sort of different rules. And sometimes they'll give you the status up front. Sometimes you'll have to earn it. Um, I have found, especially with airline status matches, statusmatcher.com is a pretty good website to kind of go to and see data points. People will share what status they were able to match from one program to the other. And you can kind of see if people are having success, see if there's a program. You know, Alaska Airlines has a status match program. Delta, like I said, I just did it, has a formal status match program, but they do tend to look for activity. 
So it's a little bit more difficult to, you know, match from one place to the other unless you're actually flying. But lots of uh, lots of opportunity for status matches. And I think statusmatcher.com is a pretty good tool. Are there any other tools or resources you guys have found for status matches and finding the different promotions? I think that's the Miles main one. dot com. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like, yeah. So, anything else uh, on status matches, guys? Uh, Statusmatcher dot com. We all love them. Take advantage of them. But good point, Joe. You know, sometimes because of the we can't do them over and over again. It's you want to be strategic about when you actually opt in so that you can maximize. One more like kind of random fact is on United Gold, unlike um, AA. Well, actually, I don't know what the rules are for AA, but since I've just been hit by this, United Gold, you either get two Economy Plus seats or up to six or maybe eight, I think, just preferred seats. So, you know, I recently booked a cash flight on United and I could not book Economy Plus for my family of five, which is sort of annoying. Um, So I'm not sure if the other mid-tier statuses are better than that. So just uh, wanted to throw that out there. Random facts. I know you can do up to four. I don't know what the limit is with American. Like American Platinum, I know you can do at least four people in the main cabin extra uh, for free, but uh, not sure what their limit is on that. And I don't know about Delta. I don't think with Comfort Plus, I don't think that they have the same kind of upgrade scheme, but we'll have to look into that. That kind of shows like a great point, which is like if you are chasing these statuses, even via status match to use even like over a three month period, because you know, you have these flights coming up, you know, make sure every single program is different. So if you don't do your research, you know, you might end up being burned. So for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Know what you're going to get, you know, know exactly what to expect and know that you're going to get use out of it and uh, then go to town. All right. And today's episode is brought to you by Travel Freely. Uh, Zach from Travel Freely was just actually at our event this last weekend in Vegas, speaking about credit cards. And Travel Freely is actually our recommended tool for organizing your credit cards, finding the best uh, bonuses and uh, and everything related to that. Um, it's a free tool. You sign up, basically put in the credit cards that you have. They don't log into your accounts. So you're not sharing any sensitive data with them, but you just tell them what kind of cards you have, give them the dates that you signed up. It'll track your sign-up bonuses. It'll let you know when your annual fees are going to come due. It'll let you know what your 524 count is. Um, they also have the ability to see the best bonus offers available, and they'll tailor that based on the cards that you have. So we really do like the service. Uh, free to try. Uh, you can sign up at uh, mtmpodcast.com forward slash TF, mtmpodcast.com forward slash TF. Uh, give it a try. Travel freely. Uh, we like it. We use it. And uh, I think you'll like it too. Next up, we I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, – being a good customer. Do you guys feel like you're good customers to the banks or do you try to be good customers? Or, you know, I think that uh, these days we're seeing a lot of news about shutdowns and things like that. So I know that it's on my mind to try to be a little bit of a better customer and make sure I avoid that stuff. You guys think about that at all? You're trying to make us look bad? Like, do you want us to answer honestly? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, we're all uh, terrible customers, really. I think, yeah, I think, I think good customers all relative here. Like, I mean, I think I'm on record that I don't do like a ton of gaming. Uh, I don't do a ton of manufactured spending or any of the things that banks don't like, but I still, I guess it depends like what you mean by a good customer. Cause I'm like pretty loyal to 
the banks that I use, like I use Chase a lot, I use American Express a lot, but I don't think I'm a good customer in the sense that I don't think I'm profitable because I'm reaping these rewards. You know, I'm not carrying a balance because you shouldn't if you're in this for the rewards and not carrying a balance is that's how they make their money. So in that sense, I'm not a good customer to them, but I don't think I'm like cheating them um, too much. You know, I don't even think I'm cheating them. I think I'm just kind of like skirting around the rules a lot. I'm not sure, you know, what your thoughts are on it, Mark. Yeah, I think they're looking for, you know, they want a person to use one card all the time. And and that's why they give good bonuses, because they'll get some bonuses in those categories, but they also want you to earn one time. So like my ink, like 95% of my spend is five times. So I'm I'm guaranteed that I'm losing the money on that one. And and that, that's the way it works for everything. You know, if I if I have a uh, non-bonus thing, I'm going to use my uh, Blue Plus business or or my uh, city double cash or something like that. I'm not going to put it on my Delta Sky Miles card or or whatever. So I don't think any of us in this, if you're doing it properly, are good customer. Even if you're not doing MS or any gaming, I don't think you're really a good customer to banks. I guess, I guess maybe if you have like a checking account with them, a savings account, and your loans through them for your house, your mortgage, maybe then it, it all evens out. But I try to focus on staying under the radar, which I think is being somewhat of a good customer instead of the people that just go balls to the walls and, and get shut down. But I don't think anybody that plays this game right is is a profitable customer, I guess I would say. Yeah, I think it, it's all sort of measured in degrees. And I think the key is just to try to avoid being an outlier as much as possible, you know, statistically. So if you're one of their absolute worst customers, then... Uh, you may run into some issues. But I think in general, just trying to like be a good customer from the bank's perspective, if you have multiple accounts with them, like American Express is a good example. Once they feel like you're a good customer, if you have multiple different credit cards, they tend to open the doors, open the floodgates to you. And so uh, that doesn't mean, like like you say, I have the Blue Business Plus. I have all these cards that I'm maximizing with American Express, but I do spend a lot of money on their cards. They see me as a good customer even though I'm still maximizing all their bonus categories. And hopefully, like you say, I'm getting more value out of it than they are. You know, I'm winning at that that game, I suppose, since I'm not paying interest and I'm getting the bonuses and stuff like that. So that's sort of what I what I try to do. I guess this, this discussion sort of came from Ryan, uh, one of our contributors on the site, wrote about his getting shut down with Chase and how he sort of worked to get his accounts reinstated. You know, have you have either of you had any accounts shut down anywhere? Have you ever had any issues with a bank where they, you know, called you up and asked you questions or anything like that? No, I've never had anything with a bank. Um, I, I pretty much don't go big enough for it. I did have the MX pop up for a while and I got past that through spend. So that's the closest I've come to any any type of issues with the banks. But I know you, Sean, have had um, financial review before with American Express, which is kind of like the step the step right below shutdown where they're they think something might not be right and they want to double check it before the rat team at least <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was scary too i was using my credit cards and it was actually i believe right around two years ago it, or maybe it was a year ago i don't remember i think it was last year about was this last time. year okay yeah. i knew it was around q4 because i was uh spending a lot of money on on my cards as i do in q4 for reselling and things like that so my spend pattern was higher than it normally had been earlier in the year, but not higher than it had been the previous year during that same time. Anyway, my card stopped working and I get a phone call uh, directly from the guy who was doing the financial review saying, hey, I'm doing a financial review. Give me a call. Luckily, he wanted to know basically what the spending was for. And I said, you can actually go back through my accounts to last year. You can see how I ramped up my spending for the same thing. Uh, you can. I have a resale business, which I had 
Luckily, uh, I have business cards for that business with them, although not all the cards that they were investigating were those business cards. Anyway, I got lucky in that he was really nice and he actually unlocked the cards right on the phone and I didn't have to go through a long process or sending in documentation or anything. But that's the closest I've ever uh, come to the fire. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think outside of you know being outright rejected by Barclays all the time these days, I don't think I've um really gotten shut down you know i think like they say if you haven't gotten shut down you're not hitting it hard enough and i think i've proven that i generally don't hit things hard enough so you know i think i have been pretty good at the same time i do feel like whenever like waves of shutdowns happen i get like overly paranoid and overly worried i probably not at a huge risk of getting shut down but you know i'm still freaked out and i do feel like if i did get shut down I would be like, man, I should have hit that harder. So um, I'm always kind of of two minds about these shutdowns and things. You can always second and triple guess yourself. Just like you say, you have time constraints. You have the constraints of whatever deal sort of makes sense to us and work with us. And, you know, there's always going to be somebody who does it, hits it harder, who does more, who's a bigger spender than you. So just, you know, for me, I'm just going to stay within my own uh, limits. And uh, I've been able to keep playing this game for a long time and hopefully I can keep playing it for a long time to come. All right. From moving on from being a good customer to I think what's a disturbing trend now at this point in the hotel industry, and that is the move away from single use toiletries to uh, dispensers in the wall. And uh, the news today is that Hyatt is the latest company. They've announced that they are going to be moving away from single use toiletries. What do you guys have to think about? What do you guys have to say about that? Gross. (laughs) (laughs) um i mean to be honest in all it's probably not a huge deal but i find it a little bit annoying that you don't really have a choice of it i think they should have the wall dispensers in there and then if you want to ask for a single use you can ask for it and i know they're trying to say it's for green environmental which it is you know there is a part of that you know you're, you're dealing with less plastic bottles less waste but it's also i think it's more about the bottom line about saving money if you're filling tubes uh, on the wall, it's way cheaper than buying all these little bottles. So I think that's a big thing. And then I also question, um, like if you're paying five, $600 a night or staying at like a park high at New York city, do you really want to use commingle soap shampoo? Like, I don't, I don't even know how to say it, but, um, like, I think it should be an option, especially when you're getting to the, you know, Hyatt place. That's one thing, Hyatt house type of thing. But if you're getting into higher Regency park Hyatt level, where they're charging, you know, rates that are several hundred dollars plus. I think you should have the option of they should have some on hand for you if you want it. I doubt that anybody's going to mess with the dispensers, and I know there's usually locks on them or whatever. But I've seen somewhere you could just pop off the top and put whatever you want in there. And high school kids are stupid, so you never know what's going to happen. But other than that, I just I hate when people are disingenuous, and I think that's what a lot of the hotels are with this thing saying that it's for the environment when it's really for their bottom line. And the environment's just like a, a cherry on top. At least that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I think to Hyatt's credit, they also talked about like other initiatives, like getting rid of bottled water, um, having more water dispensers for people to fill up their bottles. Um, so, you know, they're not like completely focused on the toiletries thing. I do think toiletries, the single use ones are super wasteful, even though, you know, I love them and I love taking them home like anyone else does. You know, like I haven't bought shampoo for... <laughs> many years now. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't use a ton, but, um, you know, at the same time, you know, I haven't bought any and I agree. Like, I don't like it 
being disingenuous. So I, on the Disney dish podcast, they actually said that Disney world, the way that they do it is they charge their different departments, like an environmental tax, which again is all about the bottom line, but it's like their groups can decide to do environmental initiatives or not. If they don't do them, then they get charged more like, you know, so basically cuts into their bottom line. And, you know, I think at the very least, even though that's not public, if, hotels made stuff like that public, then you'd kind of understand like, you know, you know, you are a business. So you might as well admit that like doing the environmental stuff is helping your bottom line as well. Like, I don't think there's a real kind of shame in doing that. You know, I mean, we're in America, it's capitalistic. People are going to get it. I think the whole, uh, it's going to get like dirty argument is a little bit overblown. Yes. I saw that picture that was posted the other day of those like plastic ones with all the mold inside, which I get, but you know, really they could do the bottles, you know, like at the gym, they're like clear bottles. They're just nailed into the wall. So you're going to be able to see where there's mold growing on that and stuff like that. So I think that's a little overblown overall. I'm okay with it. I do agree that I don't like that. It's disingenuous. And I also agree with you, Mark for the higher hotel brands, um, you know, the more expensive ones, like how are you going to make it um, feel special? You know, how are you going to make it feel different um, than just like going to the Hyatt place and, you know, having a pump dispenser? Um, so, you know, I'm not sure what they can do, but this is kind of like the way things are going. And I'm I guess I'm like indifferent about it in the end. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Now, I want to uh, talk about the water bottle thing. I think that might bother me more because, you know, certain areas, the tap water is not great. Looking at you, Orlando, by the way. So if you're dealing with that, that's also gross. But then you you talk about like the maids and it's filtered water. The hotels that they're doing the the non bottled where they have their own filtration. Okay, that's that's okay. But also maids in those uh, glass cups in the room, they do not clean them all the time. That is what that is a hundred percent. You you talk to any maid, they you know especially hotels that don't have a restaurant. Where do you think they're cleaning those glasses? Do you ever see? Glasses on uh, maid carts. Some places you don't see them on maid carts. Some places you'll see clean glasses that they can exchange. But other times they're just rinsing them in the sink and putting them back. So that's why I only use paper cups if I'm going to use a cup in a hotel. So that's one thing. If you didn't know that, I'm sorry to uh, burst your bubble. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, but it's true. They clean them with Windex. They do all kinds of stuff with the cups. The truth is these uh, these dispensers have been around for a while. I, I know cruise ships have had them forever. And I think, like you guys say, as long as there's an effort to, make, to keep them clean and to keep them locked so that people can't get in and tamper with them, uh, which I think most most hotels make a good effort at doing that, then, then they're fine. I do wish that, like you say, in five-star and fancier hotels, and this is really like a, a first-world problems kind of thing, but I do wish that they would have some other way like you said, to make it special, maybe some biodegradable container, something that both works for the environment and uh, can, you know, they can provide you with that. But certainly at a place like a Hyatt place, it doesn't make much difference. And uh, if it saves not only the the plastics, I suppose, but I'm, I'm assuming that people use less of this stuff over time or there's less thrown away and stuff. So hopefully we'll come to some medium where we can have a good guest experience and help the environment. Just the thing is like, if you look deeply into anything, everything is gross. That's like, true. Everything is dirty. And so, you know, I get it. It's going to be dirtier, but like so much stuff is already dirty. Like I didn't know that glass thing, but it's not going to change, I guess, you know, my 
well, maybe it'll change a little bit and I'll use the paper cups, but like everything is gross. Like, do you like, do you, but do you eat at McDonald's? Like, do yeah. you eat at McDonald's? Like, do you not think that there are, you know, vermin that are at any McDonald's like, or any fast food chain or any restaurant really? If you live in a city, like there are vermin everywhere. And so everything is gross. <laughs> the pump bottles, yep, they're probably going to be gross, but I've already accepted that everything is gross in life. And so I'm sorry for those germaphobes out there who now are like um, pulling their hair out. But, you know, that's that's kind of why like the whole cleanliness argument just doesn't track for me personally. On a related note, Joe, do you check under your bed for bed bugs when you go into a room? I do not. I just bring them home with me if uh, that's how it goes. Yeah, I'm the Ugh. same. My ignorance is bliss. I was uh, <laughs> Mark. Uh, Mark goes under with his flashlight. I actually got to witness this for the first time. Oh yeah, um, the other I found night. Uh, I found boxes of condoms under the mattress. Um, not the other I, night, I, but before. No, under not the other the mattress. Night. Yeah, yeah. I left it because I it, to do a proper bed inspection, bed bug inspection. You have to look at you know around the corners of the mattress. Uh, you want to look at, at the box springs, so you have to lift up the mattress. You also want to check uh, outlets near the beds or um, the picture frames that are around it, and plus the bed frame because they'll hide in all those places. And if you do bring them home, it will cost you several thousand dollars and in a lot of stress. So that's why I do it. I know somebody that did bring them home, and ever since then I've I checked rigorously. So I, I think it's worth the five to ten minutes. It's it, but regardless. It, the funny part is I've lifted up mattresses and you get to know which hotels clean well, and which ones don't because you see crumbs in places that you're like, well, this is pretty lazy. But no, I lifted up a mattress and I found a box of condoms and funny to I told my dad about this and he did it at a Hyatt down in uh, Florida. This was at the Hilton in right by LAX airport. When I was on the Arby's trip, I found a box of condoms under the mattress. And then my dad was in the Hyatt Regency in Jacksonville and lifted it up and found a box of condoms. So I don't know if this is something that like workers stuff it under there so they have it there ready when they uh, are cleaning the room and want to have a quick uh, shag or what. But it's kind of funny. And then the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, I lifted it up and there was a huge bottle of like a thousand ibuprofen under it. So I don't know what this is where people just shove stuff under the mattress and it's like in the middle under the mattress, not like right on the corner. I don't know how it gets there or why. And that's the mystery that really drives me crazy because I, I lay in bed thinking, how did, how did a big bottle of ibuprofen get here? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, but you want to know what, what the best officially, I'm officially declaring this the worst segment in our history, but (laughs) But before we, before we close this, I want to say, do you know what the best thing about bed bugs is? No. Uh, that they don't uh, transmit disease. No, it's the it's how you say them in Spanish. Chinche. I love that word. It's chinche. Las chinches. Okay, that so was a useless go. fact right there. Thank there you, you go. That is the cherry on top of the worst segment ever. <laughs> Thanks. Boom. Joe, Joe's just like sweating about all the stuff he needs to do next time he goes to a hotel. Yeah, I'm just I'm just really pretending. Nightmare. I'm pretending that I don't care. Deep down, I'm dying inside. All right. Well, from one uh, nightmare scenario, let's head into rapid fire into another. And uh, what Mark found out about American Airlines web specials and how they're not as good as they may seem. That's a bit of an oversell. That's a bit of an oversell on the <laughs> internet. It went so dark here. I respect the game. That was, that was his best segue ever. I just went with it. I don't know. I just went with it. I just felt it. It just got really dark and I went with it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's great. Um, yeah, so the web specials are all the rage lately, you know, the 5,000 to um, New Zealand or Australia across the continental and all that. So 
if you're getting them at 5,000 AA miles, then you're not going to care about this. But I did notice once I saw the Transcon uh, sale that was going on last week, I decided to check some baseball stadium uh, flights to see if I could get anything for 5,000. Maybe they're just randomly all over the place because I had seen on my flight to Vegas that I booked last minute was 8K. So I figured, okay, this is just going across the nation. They're just having a big sale. So I searched uh, Detroit to Philly, and they had a web special, but it was 7500 each way, which is the standard rate for that flight for the, sa- the saver rate. But since they labeled it web special, I had gone into British Airways to, to see if I could book it through that, just in case I wanted to cancel it down the road or whatever. And I noticed that those flights did not come up there. And I ran into that same issue when I when I looked at the Vegas flight, I went on British Airways because before I realized I had status that I didn't have to pay the closing booking fee, I was like... I'll pay, you know, 15,000 British Airway miles over 8,000 plus $80 because of the transfer bonuses with British Airways and everything. So I went and tried to do it on the Vegas flight too, and it didn't show up either. So what I came to find out is if they label it web special, it's not getting, it's not released space to British Airways or any other partners that you would book with. So it's kind of a devaluation that the, they might put more and more saver fares under that umbrella so that you can't book it with other miles, which is annoying. So something to look out at, uh, look out for, and hopefully it's not something that becomes more prevalent. All right. And uh, the next rapid fire I have is just uh, Las Vegas and resort fees. Um, we updated our 20, our guide for 2020. Uh, it's one of our most popular posts on the site. So I have a full guide to all of the resort fees in Las Vegas, which Unfortunately, many of them are now over $50, including tax. We do uh, go over all the hotels that don't have resort fees, how you can save resort fees, things like the diamond match uh, that Mark talked about that can save you on resort fees at Caesars Properties, um, all kinds of different strategies. So check out the post on the site. And uh, if you're looking for the absolute latest information on resort fees in Las Vegas, uh, we got it. All right. So my rapid fire is from Doctor of Credit. Pretty simple. There is a offer to listen to a timeshare pitch from Hilton, um, anywhere between five and 20 minutes. No one's really sure, um, but you can call them at 1-800-984-4482, or there's a form that you can complete and you'll get a 5,000 Hilton honors bonus points for just uh, listening to a pitch. Um, and I think it originally came from you have been upgraded, which is a uh, onboarding area, but yeah, pretty simple, pretty easy. Um, I'm actually thinking of doing it. That takes me off a little bit. Cause I did the same thing. Like a month or two ago, and I actually used the timeshare to when we went to Orlando a few weeks back, but I only got $500 for listening to the same, or 500 points for listening to the same pitch. I was going to say $500 is yeah. way better than 5,000 <laughs> points. Yeah. So that's how they, because yeah. I had called Wait, but in. Your to, pitch was in person, wasn't it? Or no, you, well, I, I oh, started on the phone because how it started was I uh, called in with an issue I had booked and I booked it for the wrong dates and I was an idiot and it was within the cancellation window. So I had to call in. And had her change. I said, I just booked this two minutes ago. Can you change it to the next day? You know, it's within the window that I can't cancel it. And she she did everything. She was great. Super personable. She's like, hey, can you listen to a timeshare pitch? You'll get 500 points. And I was like, I don't really want to. But would this help you out? Because you were so helpful to me. She said, yes, it really does help me out if you go. So I did it. And then the pitch was for Orlando. And we had a trip coming to Orlando. So I ended up booking the trip. So they, they got me, but I wish I would have got the extra 4,500 points when I did it originally. So the key to this is that you're, is to really use it to get a, to get a, a good offer to not only get the points, but to hopefully get a good time share offer and actually take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. And then whatever they offer you just say, no, I want more. So 
just recently they gave for my trip they gave me uh 50,000 it started out at 0 points and $199. I talked them up to 20,000 points and $149 for a 3 night stay. And then a public offer came out for 50,000 points. So this is after I actually paid for the package and had everything booked. I uh, called them back and said, hey, I see there's a public offer for 50,000 points. I want to get max matched to that. And they did that as well. So I would just ask for 50,000 and ask for the lowest price you can and see where they go. Don't take whatever they offer you up front. All right. And uh, that will do it for the show uh, this week. Um, Before we head out, guys, uh, Joe, where can uh, people find you? You can find me writing asjoeflies.com, and you can also find me podcasting at the Saverosity Observation Deck, which is Miles and Points, and at Disney Deciphered, which is a Disney planning podcast. Not much Miles and Points content there, but lots of Disney content. Mark? Uh, you can find me on milestomemories.com. Uh, comment on any of my articles, and I'll uh, respond to you there. Mark at milestomemories.com if you want to email me, and in our Facebook group, which you can find the links uh, on the website. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Best Disney Hacks and, of course, on MilesToMemories.com. I did want to thank everybody who came out again to the uh, Vegas meetup. We had almost 50 people there. We had a great time. We're going to hopefully do more of those. And if you have been enjoying the show, once again, consider leaving us a review. You can find all of the links to subscribe at MTMPodcast.com. Talk to you guys uh, next week. See ya. Peace. Oh boy. Oh, hold on. Sorry. I just burped. Wait, oh boy again. Yeah, a little excited there. Huh? Got too excited. A little gas reflux on this uh, excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very excited. Oh boy. All right. So let's start, I guess. Okay. I'm starting. I'm going to actually be starting right now. So. Good to know. Here's the cue from the heads starting. up. Hey, heads yeah. Up. Only took you three tries. <laughs> three tries for what like three episodes in a row and then you finally uh, you know what i actually realized i should tell you guys, go, you, guys gonna, you guys are gonna think that this is crazy no I, actually i'm not saying this because i'm not saying this recorded because it'll end up in the uh, outtake <laughs>